What's up, everybody? This is the Reducer Report. Coming up on today's show, let the race begin. The chase for Premier League top four is in chaos. And Barca drama strikes again and again. Is it too late to salvage the La Liga title? And lastly, we round up the good, the bad, and the ugly from around the world. Today is July 3rd. My name is Ben Fuentes, and with me is my co-host, Joey B. July 4th is coming up. How you feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling so good, man. I'm ready for the holiday weekend. Uh, a bunch of results we're going to talk about today. So I'm feeling good, and I'm excited to go over it with you today, Benny. Yeah. I feel like each podcast we keep saying, like, oh, my, there's so much to cover. It's so, <laughs> so much content, but it's like... It's like our jobs are kind of easy right now to do it, too. Yeah, yeah. Games every day, man. It's kind of hard to keep up with everything, especially during the week because you'd love to watch these games on the weekend. But, I mean, it's coming in hot and fast, and it's better than no football. So, yeah, definitely, man. All right, man. Let's let's get into it. Uh, Joe was going to start off, I think, with uh, something you may have missed. It's a staple of our show. Uh, it's it's an article or, or piece that, that you uh, – you haven't seen or you or you missed from the previous week. So, Joe, you want to kick it off? Yeah, us? absolutely, man. So, this is a big transfer saga, and I think his future has been up in the air for some time at Manchester City. But none other than Leor Sané. He's been finally uh, – we finally got some confirmation um, about his signing to Bayern Munich for $55 million, which I, I think it sounds like a pretty good deal. But um, the fact that we have the news now was actually a mistake. So Bayern Munich, I think it was their Middle Eastern uh, social media page, um, uploaded the information, the pics of his medical at Bayern Munich too early. And uh, Bayern Munich came out and actually apologized to Manchester City because they weren't supposed to announce the signing as of yet. Um, but huge signing for Bayern Munich, man. You think about their team already and what he's going to bring to that team is fantastic. Um, and he's going to make a lot of money playing for Bayern Munich as well. I think it's about $19 million a year um, if you add up his weekly wages. But uh, tremendous signing for Bayern Munich. So really, really big news uh, coming from Bavaria, Ben, as you would say. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny that like teams are, are, are how to break the transfer out you know you're used to seeing a member of joe like back in the day with like fox sports like we would wake up in early morning and we'd see the transfer like high like from our tv screen yeah but nowadays like you can't (laughs) twitter and gossip and like it's it's all over the place it's not it's almost not as exciting to see it you're still excited to see the rumors but you don't believe you don't believe anything until you actually maybe see them at least for for man united yeah because you never you never believe a single trans rumor for for for, for, uh for Man U, but um, yeah, that's that's a great signing, great pickup, done deal. Yeah, now. absolutely, Ben. Ben, what you got for us? All right, so I think this is the swap deal that uh, everyone is scratching their heads about. This is the Arthur and Pjanic swap deal that does not make any sense at all. So Barcelona are getting Pjanic, who is 30 years old, and the other way, Juve is getting Arthur, who is 23 years old. So Barca is getting uh, Pjanic for 70 million, and Arthur is coming to Juventus for 70 million. So there's a 10 million dollar exchange there. But the questions that that everyone's been asking is like, what what is Barca thinking at this point? What are what is their transfer strategy, or do they even have a transfer strategy? And the biggest thing actually that people have, I think are going to miss from this is that this was a deal done by the boardroom. This this was basically to balance the books. The boardroom in the end of July, they needed to get needed to report uh, projections of uh, profit for each month. 
And so they basically did this to say that they made some profit in this month. So this, I feel bad. I honestly feel a little bit bad for Arthur because I think he wanted to stay, but uh, he gets to swap swap goats here and, and play with Cristiano Ronaldo. So Joe, <laughs> what are you thinking about this transfer, man? What, what's what's Barca Yeah, doing? so like you said, Ben, it makes sense on paper why they did it. But I think the biggest question mark is why they're in a position where they have to do this. Because as you had mentioned, it's not a player that's really going to make Barcelona better. And Barcelona right now has a lot of big holes, especially in their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't make sense why they're spending their money this way. And I think it's honestly a consequence of, of a lot of bad history of transfers. Um, the biggest name that comes to my mind is Coutinho. Um, and that was a player that we hyped yeah. up so long. But then after he was there, too, he was, they almost were in a rush to get rid of him. They didn't really give him an opportunity, I think, or at least not long enough. Um, so he was in and out, and that was a lot of money. Then you brought on a player like Griezmann, too, that's already under a lot of pressure for not performing well. Um, so it's just when you see a signing for Barcelona, you want to see it make sense on the field and that, you know, they completely missed the mark on this one. And they may have lost a, a potential uh, a huge player for them in Arthur as well. Yeah. So like you said, Ben, it's a head scratcher. I'm not sure, um, you know, what the logic was other than the paper motive here. Pjanic could be, you know, stroke of genius. He, he could have bring something to the table for Barca. But I think this move is just done for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And uh, I have to just picture just like Barca's boardroom talking to Hugh Van, be like, yo, you got a disposable midfielder? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, do you have a midfielder that you don't want to use either? All right, let's do this deal. Like, do it. It's, it makes it makes a kind of zero sense to me. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I got for us. Now. Yeah, no, that's really interesting, man. Um, yeah, just a head scratcher from Barcelona. But as a Real Madrid fan, I like what I hear, and I'm okay. <laughs> and I'm okay with that transfer. Moving on, Joe, trucking along. We have APL action. We have FA Cup action. Uh, Joey, did you watch a bunch of FA Cup games this past I did, weekend? man. I got to see your team, Manchester United against Norwich. Which actually, it wasn't a great game, but it was a game that Man United needed to win. Um, and mm-hmm. ultimately, they got the win. And it, it wasn't the team that we're seeing in the Premier League. It was a lot of different players. But um, with that exception, yeah, man, I thought that was still a decent game. Decent win for United. Yeah, a lot of clubs rotated their squads. I think with FA Cup, it's it's not getting it's not getting maybe uh, it's not getting disrespected is what I want to say. But they they are using as a, as a time to rotate their players. I think was was what we usually see in the past. But the big teams won. You know, Chelsea won, uh, Arsenal won, Man United. It's going to be basically and Man City. <laughs> I was going to say you you forgot your neighbors. <laughs> Yeah, basically it's going to be a Manchester versus uh, London affair. So uh, in the semi, in the semis, it's going to be United playing Chelsea, and then it's going to be Arsenal going up against Man City. Redemption, time for redemption, Arsenal fans. You get your chance here. Yeah, or you make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Especially Liverpool I, sure. um, getting killed today by Man City. You know, you'd be nervous yeah. if you're an Arsenal fan, but. Um, traditionally, Arsenal has done very, very well in the FA Cup. So, I, you know, they should be strong um, in that tournament as they traditionally are. And they have a great squad. It seems like they're they're starting to improve a little bit better under Arteta. They absolutely spanked um, in their last game. So, yeah, against yeah. Norwich. So, um, it's going to be interesting, Ben. What are your predictions? Uh, so, 
United usually get unlucky in the FA Cup. I've I've, I've always seen them uh, get unlucky. They they have played Lampard's Chelsea uh, three times this season, and Ollie's got the got the trio win on them. So I think it's it's almost inevitable. like bound to yeah. be inevitable <laughs> that they lose and maybe this match. But um, I'm hoping for a United win there. Hopefully, it's going to be close. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Is what I'm going to say. I think it it may even go down to pens Ooh. there. Yeah, uh, which which would be raising my blood pressure. So I need to check down that 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 day. <laughs> but uh, with Man City Arsenal, I I think Man City just they they have no fear right now. They're actually boosting in confidence, and either even the rotation squads. Phil Foden has been stepping it up, man. Phil Foden is looking yeah. like a like a like another gem and an exciting prospect to see him next year replacing uh, David Silva. I think it's going to happen, but. Joe, my question with you for you was like, who do you think needs the FA Cup the most out of these four teams? Man, well, so as you, as you mentioned, Man City's in form, um, and they look to be hungry. I think next year you're going to see a real title challenge from them, um, and their European fate is is to be determined. But if you look at those four teams, Arsenal, Manchester City. Man United and Chelsea. I, I think you'd have to say it's probably Man United and probably Arsenal that needs it the most, only because they're not they're not in the top four, and both managers, um, sort of the the opinion of them being managers is still out. I think Frank Lampard he's going to be a staple for Chelsea, um, and and Man said you have Pep Guardiola, but the the bill is still out on Arteta and Ole. So if they can win the FA Cup. I think it'll do a lot for their career at each club. Um, but if I had to give it to just one person, I would say it's Arsenal, man. Arsenal needs something to celebrate. Um, and their players, too, I think, for, for re-signing their players and maybe to attract new players this summer, it's really, really mm-hmm. important that Arsenal show that they're still a top, top, top club. Um, whereas Man United, I think, is traditionally um, – they have a lot of buying power in the transfer market. So I think it's got to be Arsenal, man, that needs it the most. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I think, as a as a United supporter, I, I would say that FA Cup really isn't our priority. I think getting top four, we're we're so close sure. now, and I think he's he's probably going to rotate his squad a little bit still going in with the with the FA Cup. But for for an Arsenal supporter, just thinking in my head as an Arsenal, if, if I was one an Arsenal supporter in their in their heads, I, I wonder what they're thinking if. Because FA Cup does give you Europa League, by the way, for people who don't know. So if they win the FA Cup, they're going to get Europa League. Right now, they're sitting outside of that spot. They could they could get into uh, top six still if, if they um, get some results going their way. But do you think, Joe, do they want to be in Europa League or would they take a season out of Europa League? I'll, I'll give you my opinion is that like I wouldn't honestly want Europa League. I would, I would, I would, if I was Arsenal, I would be okay sitting – outside of that and focus on the Premier League next season? Are you going to attract players to p- come play Europa League next season? I, I don't think so, you know. Uh, but that's just me, man. What do you Yeah, think? I have to agree with you, Ben, because Europa League is a competition that you'd love to win, um, but it's one that you're embarrassed to lose um, if you're Arsenal. Yeah, if you're Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they yeah. got really unlucky um, this past round in the Europa, and so much criticism resulted from that loss. Um, So I think if you're an Arsenal supporter too, you want to see the team higher up in the league and you'd have so much more focus. I think what's not said about the Europa League, it's a lot of work. 
Um, there, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of games, lot of games. and more than that, there's a lot of travel. You go to countries um, that are far away, and it's during it's on a mm-hmm. Thursday, so you don't have a lot of time um, to recover for your weekend league games. Um, so I have to say, man, yeah, it's a competition. Excuse me, a competition you want to win, but you're embarrassed to lose. So for Arsenal, man, I think they'd much rather have that focus in the Premier League. But at the same time, you know, the FA Cup too is is a big tournament, and you want to win it. So it's kind of like a double edged sword. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with you, man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Premier League action, it is full steam ahead for Chase for top four, Joey. Uh, we gave our predictions a couple of times ago and it, we're going to go through our biggest L of the week. And then um, I'm going to start it off here and, yeah. and say it. We all predict me, you and Oscar. We all hope for this to happen. People thought we so were crazy. One of our teams could happen. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's looking like our crystal ball is starting to look a little promising because Leicester City takes the biggest L of the week, yes. They have not looked good coming out of lockdown. And uh, that's something that I, I kind of spoke about and touched on is that this is a team that needs form and they need that that repetitions. And they had that steamrolling competition going and uh, getting the results each week. The ball was, like, rolling their way. And now all of a sudden, it's like, you know, it, it, I don't know if they're a little jaded, if they're they're sitting too comfortable and, and they were thinking that they're too comfortable in third. But the ball is just not rolling for them right now. For, for Vardy, it's like the shots aren't getting on target. Yeah. It, it's really not looking good for Leicester. Uh, they, this past weekend, they lost. They were losing 2-0 to Everton. Uh, masterclass Ancelotti and for, uh, performance, though, from Everton. I think they've been so good on yeah. them. But Leicester City, man, that's it. You have to be a little nervous, but now, of course, that we say this, we, we, we choose them as their biggest <laughs> L this, this week. They're probably going to go ahead and turn around and start lining it up next week because that's what happened to Arsenal. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, what's your take on Leicester City, man? Do you think they have it enough? They have enough in their, in their, roster and in their uh, tank to keep top three or top four so yeah that's they're such an interesting club because they very much play off like momentum uh but you but you have right. to give it to brendan Rodgers for just being in the position that they're in now um so even if you're a leicester city uh fan you're still in third place um and you do have some wiggle room, but you need they need to get some wins here pretty quickly. Um, and you mentioned Jamie Vardy he hasn't been scoring. Actually, Inanacho is is kind of come out of like the woodwork for them, and uh, he's he's mm-hmm. been scoring goals. But yeah, it's 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 not necessarily surprising to see Leicester City. Um, but I always thought it was a position that they couldn't maintain. Um, it's just weird to see all their string of results come back to back to back. Um, right. So yeah, they're definitely the biggest losers uh, because before, dude, they may not get the Champions League spot. And they're going to lose a lot of revenue that way for the club. So um, they need to get some wins quickly. And I definitely I, I echo your thoughts of them for the for the biggest loser of the week, for sure. Yeah, I, I got nothing to add to that, Joe. You, you, you spot on with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. Killing it. No, <laughs> but um, <laughs> on the flip side of that biggest dub of the week, and it may come to surprise to some of you, but but West Ham pulled off an incredible win against an informed team in Chelsea. Um, we did a lot of praise for them last week of how well they were playing, um, sort of the strides that Lampard was making. Um, and this game, it just seemed, no matter what Chelsea did, 
Um, they were going to get beat uh-huh. on the day. And um, I got to say, though, Pulisic had a great game. Uh, he, drew, he drew the penalty for Chelsea in a, in a free kick as well that William converted. So he was very active. He still played well. But I, I think he, him and William were probably the only standouts for Chelsea because um, their defense had kind of had a nightmare. But on the flip side of that, uh, West Ham, man, they looked motivated. Um, and it wasn't until, I'd say, after halftime where they came out and they looked a different team. Um, because right at halftime, um, they were disallowed a goal actually early on, but then they nicked one to come back. So, man, huge win for West Ham. And and David Moyes, man, is a guy that seems to just can't get it right these days. Um, <laughs> but the reason it was a big win for them, because it actually lifted them out of relegation. Um, and traditionally in the Premier League, you need 40 points to, to avoid the top three, or excuse me, the bottom three. But I think this year, it'll probably be between 34, maybe 37 points that you need to stay up. And and uh, that win took them away from the relegation zone. So just huge win. And you could see it in their players. And they have a good team. Yamalenko came on. Um, and he was a player that hasn't been playing. He's back from injury. And he had a brilliant game winner for them on his left foot. Absolutely burned Rudiger. So... I mean, surprising result for you, Ben, right? Yes. A- emotional roller coaster, I would say, as I would describe that game. Because West Ham, unlucky with the VIR decision, I think, and and Suchek getting that goal called back from uh, Mikel Antonio being quoted as, as a referee, being in the line of vision was why he was being, was why he was uh, yeah. called offside there. And then, you know, getting scored on, like, minutes afterwards, you could see the heartbreak. Yeah. Right from Mo- Moise's face from that, uh, it's always sad to see Moise uh, <laughs> being this being getting disappointed. I've seen it so many times, <laughs> and it, it, it and it hurts, and it actually actually like pains me to watch. Uh, I want to see him do well. I felt bad for him for uh, during his United days, but no minutes after that, right, they get scored on, and you think you have to think in your head, okay, we've been down this road, West Ham. It's it's about to happen. They're gonna get scored on again. This is their downfall. But no, bro, they turn it around. They turn it around and they dig deep. They go ahead and win 2-1. So you think, okay, we, they, they got something here. And then William pulls a master class free kick, tied 2-2. And then at that point, you would say, okay, Chelsea's, Chelsea's going to win this thing. They're going to come back and win it. But you always felt that the counter was yeah. on. And I would, I would have to praise Mikel Antonio had a great game. Just bullying, bullying Rudiger um, and and – Honestly, making him uh, look very poor in, in a lot of a lot of moments there, and and, and coming up with that beautiful, nice assist there to uh, to Yarmolenko. Um, but Joey, what, you, we, I think you were the one who told me that check out Mikel Antonio's post match interview. Uh, that was that was lovely to watch, man. Yeah, it's just so refreshing, right? Yeah, so refreshing to see a dude with so much emotion and so much. Uh, you could tell he was tired in the first, the first <laughs> yeah. seconds of him describing the game. He was just like, oh, uh, I'm blowing. I'm blowing. Yeah. I'm going to take a breath and, uh, and talk about how much he just really dislikes VAR. <laughs> so, I think everybody uh, feels that way, too, to be quite honest. Um, right, right. Yeah. And he said it. He said it, like, in an interview. And just so, like, heartedly, too. It wasn't like he was, like, trashing it and bashing it. No. He was just like, man, I really dislike VAR. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, lovely. Love that. Uh, moment there from him and I almost honestly became a little bit of an Antonio fan just from watching that too. game and 
hearing here and talk. It, it, it was raw <laughs> emotion. It was really good. And I think he was happy to be in the spotlight because he did a lot of uh, off the ball. Like he's just positioning all game and he bodied, like you said, Rudigal several, several times a hold with the ball. So, I mean, brilliant from him, honestly. Mikel, it was action-packed, it was insolent-packed. Can you put into words the manner of that victory and what it means? Oh, it, it, it is massive. Like, I just, oh, man, I'm, there's been so many games I'm blowing sight. <laughs> you deserve to be, you've worked your socks off. There's just so many games where we've been just so close and, and like, today managed to get a goal, go underneath, get to, move, taken away from us. Go one nil down, manage to get bring it back. Goes two two, and then get the winner in the end. It's just like it shows the grit that we got, shows the belief that we've got, and just shows that we're not going to give up. We're going to keep fighting to the end. And the key there, you say that resilience, not feeling sorry for yourselves when that goal was taken away under VR after what's happened recently. Like just so, oh, I, I I really dislike VR. <laughs> I really dislike it. It's, like, it's just this season, so many things have just not gone our way and then it's gone against us so many times. But today, it didn't stop us. We just kept going and get the victory. What was it like for you tonight? Because you had to cover so much ground, spot opportunities. It was, it was hard. Like, obviously, there was times where they keep the ball so well, they play unbelievable football and they pin us in. When they lose it, they press us straight away. So I've got to get on loose balls and just try, got to try and keep it for the team. And it was very hard, but... We showed the grit that we got, showed the fight that we got, and the determination that we got, and we're going to keep going until the end and make sure that we're safe. Yeah, yeah. And to be, why we're picking them too, for, I think, for the biggest dub of the week, because I think this could be a turnaround moment for their season, right? Like, seeing their backs against the wall, being in this position, seeing how much talent they do have on their team, and then th- seeing that they can pull off a result like this, you could just see them kind of building up momentum and, and kind of fading away from that and getting away from being sunk down to the to that premier uh that relegation zone so absolutely on a pos- on a positive note for Chelsea like you said Joe is uh Pulisic still had a great performance and uh William William having two goals I mean PK and then a masterclass uh free kick his contract is running up, man. With Timo Werner coming in and uh, uh, Hakim Zayic, yeah. What do you think his move is going to be? What's the best move for him? Do you think Chelsea Lamp, uh, Lampard will want to re-sign him, or for him, do you think like he's it's time for him to move on? He's he's still pulling out performances. Yeah, no, he is Ben. Um, and I think it's honestly going to make him think potentially about his contract. Maybe give it a second look because uh, he was one of the standout players, and I think he's really started to play well for Chelsea. Uh, but what Chelsea was missing in this game was actually a striker. And Abraham, he had an okay game. Giroud had an okay game when he came on. But I think Werner really would have torched that defense or at least helped Chelsea offensively. So the players that they're bringing in are both great buys. Um, but as far as William, I think it it might be time to end his Chelsea career as is on a high note like it is because I'm not sure what he's going to bring to the table next season in terms of his age. And also I think he has a decent wage bill. Um, that's tagged on him as well. So it might be the chance to give some of these younger guys a run, especially with Zayich coming in too, man, that he can just – he can run up and down that wing all day. So a little less mobile for William, and it might still be the right time to let him go. What do you think about Chelsea's uh, stance right now? Do you think they have they have enough, right? They have enough to keep top four. Oh, I think to, so. Just... This has kind of been the story of their season too, where they go on like a two- or three-game winning streak mm-hmm. and they always lose. Yeah. 
um, especially to a team that you wouldn't predict them to lose to, usually a bottom leagues. Uh, yeah, bottom table side. But, um, yeah, I think Chelsea will carry on next game. I think Lampard will, will sort them out, and um, I think they'll be back in the win column here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think they have enough in their roster, enough in their tank uh, to to pull pull off the results coming up. But uh, um, before, I'd say, Joe, before we transition into La Liga, uh, any other results that kind of stood out with you? I, we saw today Man City versus Liverpool. I, I want to briefly touch on that. It was the it was the R guard of honor for Man City clapping for for Liverpool. Liverpool crowned champions uh, last week, and then Man City putting <laughs> putting on like a like a ecstatic performance here with with crushing them four zero. It almost felt like to me, Joe, it was like they were, you know, clapping their hands. They're sarcastic. Congratulations, champions. And then as soon as they walked by them, it's almost like they flipped them the bird. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, then, and they said, like, oh, it, we're, this is this is what we're about. Yeah. So. No, Man City has a chip on their shoulder. I think that was a huge message to Liverpool. Is It's kind of like, because this is, you know, a fully fit Man, Man City squad minus Aguero. Um, and they yeah. torched Liverpool. I mean, on the flip side of that, you could say Liverpool has nothing to play for. They've already won the league. They don't need to show right. they're the best team in the land. They've already got that trophy now. Um, so it was it was teams in different strides of their season. But I think Man City definitely earned um, some respect uh, back um, after today. 4-0, man. Three at <laughs> halftime. Yeah. <so. laughs> yes. yes, it was it was it was very lovely to watch, uh, as as I think a lot of other other supporters but for for liverpool they're they're champs so they're they have nothing to worry about uh tottenham uh joe tottenham yes, pulled off huge a, loss a poor result today we haven't talked about Mourinho, man this is this is weird that we haven't spoken about Mourinho in, in any of our podcasts recently yeah, he's so been quiet. Um, he's been a little quiet though you know with this result joe do you, do you think it's almost like it's still a freebie for Mourinho this this season you think next season they're going to really kind of test them out and say this is this is your season to go? What what do you think? What's happening here with yeah, with Spurs? Yeah, I don't think one result is going to. I mean, Jose Mourinho is a proven winner. Um, he has the trophies to back it up. Every club he's been to, and now he's landed at a club that ironically has no trophies. So, it, you know, if the conversation is, well, Tottenham's still not winning. They've never won. So you can't judge Jose Mourinho off of that. And Sheffield United yeah. was overdue for a good, you know, for a win in the Premier League because they've, they've had a horrid start to um, the restart of the league. But, you know, next season, I think you do have to hold some accountability to Tottenham because they do need to play um, and string together some, some wins and results. And, you know, if they're not higher up the table, at least is where they were um, under Poach, the good years of Poach, um, I think that's, yeah, it starts – time to to pass judgment on jose Mourinho and to see if he's past his prime in coaching but i mean his resume speaks for itself and i don't think one result at sheffield united um is going to determine his legacy at tottenham but it, it's certainly an eye-opener too. three one i mean that's not a good result but sheffield united they're a good mm. team this season as well so and, and tottenham never really got off their stride under pochettino they're at the bottom of the table they got spanked yeah. by Bayern munich too so there's a lot of work to be done in that squad and i don't think it's all down to Mourinho either yeah, uh, I'm excited to see some of his press conferences from today because, I mean, the past, the, the previous excuses maybe was that, you know, for him, he had an injury hit season. And now he's got Kane back. Now he's got Son back. Bergwijn's back. 
So this is a surprising result, you know, with Sheffield United being being a, a team that has surprised everybody this season, but they've been in bad form recently. So stinging result for Mourinho there and, and the sure. Spurs. But coming up this, this weekend, tons of action still. I just want to preview really quickly, and then we'll move on to La Liga. Big game, I think, for the ones to watch this weekend, it's Wolves versus Arsenal on Saturday. Oof. That is a big, big game, yes. Leicester City play Crystal Palace. Uh, everybody underneath them, including me, will be looking in to see if they continue <laughs> their poor form. And Man United play Bournemouth. Bournemouth has been in terrible run of form, so United should pull out a victory. Now, this has been United's season two where you see a chance for them to catch up, right? They've been playing well. They're in extreme confidence. This is I've seen them in this position, Joe, where they they have a chance to climb the table and they always take something back. They always take a step back. They don't they don't capture the the momentum or the results. So I think we shall see there. Chelsea plays Watford. Uh this is coming Saturday too. And uh I think on Monday Tottenham on Monday play Everton. That will be a, a, a good match to see there too. So those are my highlights, I think, from from matches that I'm looking forward to, Joe. Yeah, spot on, Ben. A lot of good games. In the Premier League, dude, it, you never know who's going to win. So, man, great, great matchups to look forward to. <laughs> yes, yes. The drama is heating up, but the drama is heating up still in La Liga. Joey, Barcelona, should we start there? I feel like that's the easy place to start because of yeah. the, they <laughs> <laughs> Let's start they, there. They they've tied two games here, but it feels like losses, yeah. right? Because they were winning both. And then um, what's what's happening with Barca there? Do you think Joey? Do you think it's a messy dependency thing still? Do you think it's a coaching staff thing still? Because Kike Setien uh, came out this past weekend after the the first tie, uh, where Santo Vigo came and you called it. You called it, by the way, listening to the last pod. You called it, calling that Santa Vigo was going to draw. Because, yeah. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant. Crystal ball there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, uh-huh. but, yeah, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think about um, uh, Barcelona's things right now? Uh, honestly, I think it's down to their management right now. I don't think the players trust the manager. Um, and I think a big telling point in the Atletico game was at halftime, right after halftime, Simone was, the, the group was in a really tight huddle. And he was mm-hmm. looking every player in their eyes and telling them what they need to do to get the job done. Because at that point, they were behind. And Barcelona, they came out of the locker room and they were just kind of walking as individuals onto the field. And the manager, too, um, mm-hmm. was sort of not really giving instructions to his group. Now, that's a micro moment in that game, but I think it's a very telling point. Um, yeah. But Barcelona, yeah, I mean, they're not losing, right? They're getting draws in games that they would normally win. Um, but the biggest thing about Barcelona, too, is they do not have a deep squad this season. And with games back-to-back like this, it's difficult to rotate the squad and get the same type of performance. And also, I don't think Barcelona knows their best system as of yet to include no. Messi, to include um, Suarez, um, and to include uh, Griezmann. So it's difficult for them to get going. And you could just see that, you know, they're still going to get wins because of the team that they have and because they have Lionel Messi. Um, but they're not playing together as a team like you normally see of Barcelona. And again, it's still very close. They can turn this around. It's four points between them and Madrid. Madrid won today. Um, and, and the biggest difference, too, is Madrid is just playing very good defense. Um, and that, of course, wins championships, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Razor sharp. I would describe Real Madrid right now as, as- – if 
if the if the play still offensively doesn't look as as well as it should, defensively they are so sound. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. In a in a huge game um, to switch gears for for Madrid today, um, because Getafe is they're in sixth place, but I think the most telling statistic about them is they've conceded. Um, they've kept more clean sheets than the majority of La Liga. I think they're only behind Madrid and Atletico Madrid, and then it's them. So they have very strong defensive uh, group, and they're very physical. Um, and I think you saw that in the lineup today for Real Madrid because I think everybody was thinking maybe Asensio would get the start today. Um, but I think Zidane kept it conservative given his injuries. But uh, it was an absolute uh, great game for Madrid defensively, and um, they got a PK. And, and Ben, who's, who's their best scorer right now? There he goes, man. He scored. He scored again for them, which is great for the club. So, Madrid. Yeah. So it's always fun to see Ramos score and see a celebration, dude. He's so much passion. Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, watching the game, and this might come back to bite them at some point, but Uh whenever the ball is in the attacking third or they're they're in good positions, Ramos it sprints up the field. Yeah. And he's right next to Benzema. It's almost as he plays as a second striker at every opportunity, which is amazing. And it's working for us, man. <laughs> yes, yes. We cannot yeah. go this podcast without talking about the, the game of this last past weekend where sure. uh, Real Madrid played Espanol. And that same thing that you're mentioning, Joe, Ramos was up the field when ben, to win the header for Benzema. And then Benzema pulling off the assist of the season. For sure. Just master class. Eyes in the back of his head. Beautiful back heel to assist uh, Casemiro. Right in his path, Joey. Right in his path. I, I was amazed seeing this goal. I was, I, I was literally standing up clapping in my, in my living room watching that goal. Que golazo. Oh, que golazo. No, it was, it was remarkable. And like you said, it, it was, the game was kind of going back and forth, and you're waiting for that moment to come. And then it was a Marcelo played a long ball uh, into Ramos. And, and keep in mind, Marcelo had just received the ball from Varane. He was gone. Sergio Ramos mm-hmm. was gone, top of the box. Ramos wins a header. <laughs> Benzema runs onto it. Backseal Casemiro finished, dude. It was an incredible goal, man. And actually, I stood up off my couch, and I, I've kind of lost my cool. And just, ole, man. Just amazing goal. <laughs> <laughs> it just, you, did you wake, up the, you wake up the neighbors with that oh, one? Oh, yeah. I woke everybody in a, a <laughs> one-block radius. <laughs> Marcelo metió el pelotazo cruzado para Ramos, este para Benzema, pecho y define, la va a dejar de tango, está, gol Casemiro, gol, gol, de Real Madrid lo hizo Casemiro, una jugada sensacional en la que Ramos la baja de cabeza, la consigue dominar Benzema y de taco. Lo habilita Casemiro. El bar que revisa por ahora gana el Real Madrid 1 a 0. Yo, yo, I think, I think we have to uh, credit here that there has to be a Puskas type award for assist of the season for, for a year. And I think we can call it whatever we want, but maybe we can call it the Guti Award. In uh, in assist of the season, and Benzema just gets it right away from that assist, from that assist, bro. Yeah. What what a, what assist! I was so I was so pleased to see that, and uh, he he's been doing really well. And it's I don't want to say that the in in Madrid's lineup that they have a dependency on him. They do because 
but yes, they need him, yeah. right? They need him to have that type of performance because uh, had you know Hazard is looking a little bit better, like he's he's, but he also still seems a like shadow. a little bit, yeah, yeah, shadow of himself. He's questioning his his I think his uh, ideas. He's a little bit hesitant. He's a little bit shy. So you still want to see him to get reps. I'm glad that he's starting and he and he and he's playing more. Um, but I think hopefully next season might be a season to to break out again to the, that number seven. Yeah, uh, jersey. Yeah, absolutely. No, Ben Benzema looked a little tired today. Ben, he looked a little fatigued. Um, and if it wasn't for a moment of brilliance from Carver Hall, who actually had a tremendous game defensively, um, you know, Carver Hall cut in from the right side and beat a young uh, Getafe uh, defender for the PK. But um, this was a game where you needed a little bit of luck, and we got it thankfully. So four points. Four points ahead of Barca with, with a, a few big games to go, Ben. I think that the biggest eyebrow raiser here is that Barcelona played Villarreal next. Um, and, dude, Villarreal is a team in form, and they have one maestro on that team that was rumored to never play or even walk again, uh, Santi Carsola, which is just – he's a player, man. What a Cinderella story for Santi, Santi Carsola. Uh, you know, Achilles – rupture and it just almost, they told him he wasn't ever going to play again they told him he would never uh play soccer again right Joe? yeah and even so much as walk normally but i mean yeah. dude the way he and if you've seen him play he looks the same player that he was in arsenal and he's just he's yeah. a brilliant form man the uh, one of the assists and one of contenders i think that i would give for the guti award I'm, I'm just going ahead and and, and trademarking that joe i'm going to start it <laughs> heard it here it's got it's got Sorla's assist this past weekend, Joe. What? Yeah, if you haven't seen this, because honestly, I didn't watch the whole game. I, I watched the the highlights, but beautiful masterclass touch, taking it from the goal from the goalie punting it, and he was he was up top. And if you haven't seen it, it's just a beautiful touch. He kind of lays it off with his left foot, and perfectly uh, sets up the volley for Moreno. I want to say, and just the. The you can tell like with a player like him, it's it's the brain, right? It's the brain that 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 never fades, and it's skill and the touch. The touch never fades for for a player of that talent. And uh, just what are your thoughts when you saw that? That when I showed you that? Oh man, it was incredible. So the way he took <laughs> it down too. So it, it came off the goalkeeper. And right. so it went like, you know, almost 60 yards the opposite direction. And Carsola, I think the, the most natural thing to do in that position is to play the ball to your teammate on the ground. On the ground, on the ground right. but he actually kept it in the air and made it easier for a tap-in for, for Moreno. <laughs> it was just incredible, man. It was just so – everything about it was so him, and it was just genius, man. That's why, that You have to describe it as genius. It was absolutely brilliant. When I saw that goal, I was like, dude, this is like a, a FIFA highlight glitch goal that I, I just saw. <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah, because you think he'd be off sides too, but he timed his run. Everything about that goal was <laughs> just genius, man. So I highly recommend. Definitely check it out. Hell, yeah. All right, bro. I, uh, so Villarreal play uh, Real next. Uh, who do Barca play next? Joe? No, Villarreal plays Barcelona next, my friend. Oh, sorry. Yep. And uh, Barca play Athletic, um, which is, okay. you know, mid-table team. And then after that, uh, Real Madrid plays Alves, uh, which is not an easy game either. But then Barca play Espanol, which is, of course, the team at the bottom. So um, it's, if, if Barcelona can get by Villarreal, you know, it's not over yet. And Real Madrid still has to play Villarreal either, which I would say – is probably the biggest team left on their schedule. We're going to give a quick recap on what's going on around the world. 
And right now, uh, we're going to talk about Syria, uh, because it's probably closer um, than you think. But uh, at the top of the table, Juventus is in first, but they're only four points clear of Lazio. And uh, this past weekend, they won 3-1. And Ronaldo had just an amazing goal, uh, almost pulling back the time. Um, and it was from quite a distance out. But what did you think uh, when you saw that goal? Dude, thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. The, that strike reminded me a little bit of uh, his strike against FC Porto in the Champions League. Yes. And, dude, what, what, a, what a bullet. Yeah. And it, it's, it almost seems like, Ben, as soon as the conversation is, okay, Ronaldo's too old, he's done, you know, after they lost that cup final, you know, he always, he always seems to come back stronger and answers his critic. And this goal is like exactly that, just an absolute banger. Yeah, I want to say, too, that the man bun, as soon as he started doing the man bun, like his game kind of turned around, <laughs> he got, maybe he got a little extra confidence, and the man bun's starting to look a little bit more like a man bun now. Like before, it was kind of, man, I don't know Just what awkward, is. yeah. Just <laughs> awkward, but now it's, now it's growing. It's looking a little better, but uh, that, was, that was beautiful, man. That, that, was, that was sick. Uh, and then in that same game, too, Douglas Costa beautiful. had a beautiful curler, like two Two, one of one of the maybe the two best goals post lockdown maybe from from even maybe even from this whole season yeah. but he did a step over right before he curled it with his left foot top bends it was brilliant and he's a guy that he reminds me a lot of Robinho actually when he does his step overs because they're so quick uh, but Dybala yeah. had a great goal that game as well left footer um, so Juventus oh yeah I forgot yeah yeah Juventus is looking good man right now and like I said they're only four points ahead of Lazio um, and of course Lazio. Mm-hmm. They've had a great season. A lot of that is down to uh, Immobile. He scored his uh, 29th goal in 29 Serie A games. So he's just been on fire, man. He's been unbelievable. Um, But some other big news um, from Serie A is, of course, Hakimi. So he was a player that uh, came up through Real Madrid youth, and uh, he got loaned out to Brescia Dortmund, and he's made a big, big name for himself there. Um, and he completed his transfer um, to actually Inter Milan for $40 million. So big signing for Inter Milan. And, dude, Inter Milan, what do you think about them these days, man? They're kind of building a squad over there. A lot of X-Men United players made their way, and they look pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Huge. Conte is serious. Like, he's slowly building up his team. I- I'm-, I'm sure they want to keep Latura Mar- uh, Martinez. Right. It's this transfer season, this transfer window, because like their squad is looking bigger and, and better each uh, each signing I see coming in. Like Erickson, uh, if uh, if Mar- Martinez stays, I don't even know if they want to keep Sanchez. Sanchez, you're welcome to stay. Dude, he yeah, he actually played. Uh, a, they won six zero, Ben, and I mean that's the scoreline is 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 quite telling, as you know. But he actually finally had a performance for Inter Milan. He scored a penalty. Um, but he's I, – I don't know if it's probably too late for him, but he's starting to, I guess, put in performances for them, which is which is nice. But uh, do you think – I mean, is it officially over, Ben? He's done at Man United or he's still technically on loan, right? Well, I think they, they extended his loan to the end of the Serie A okay. season. And Ollie's just really just trying to keep it – I think keep it concentrated with his squad right now. I don't think he's answering any questions about Alexis Sanchez. I don't think he's as focused sure. about it. But uh, I, I have no idea what's going to happen there. Yeah. No, no clue. And then, of course, the other big team is is Napoli in that league. And uh, they actually – they're tied right now uh, with Barcelona uh, in the Champions League. So it's going to be interesting to see how they finish out their season. Uh, but some transfer rumors with them is actually Man City's heavily rumored uh, with signing Koulibaly, um, which I think would be a desperate and a great signing for them because he's, he's quite the player. He's, you know, in his 30s, but I think he can still produce at, at the highest level, Ben. But, um, man, there's some other stuff going on in Napoli, isn't there? 
Yes, yes. Uh, the Mexican starlet Irving Lozano, Chucky Lozano. <laughs> he was in a bust up with Gattuso. Uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago now, but I think there's already speculation that he's unsettled and he's ha- had a good season in Napoli. Not really favored by Gattuso from I think from the get go. So uh, there's already rumors swirling around that where where he could go next. Well, could he go to the MLS? Will he? Would he? Was that too early in his career? He's still young. He's like he's like Pulisic, you know. He's like the the, the Mexican Pulisic, maybe. But Bundesliga is wrapped up. We talked about them a little bit last week. Our our, our side chick uh, league, <laughs> but Bayern finished in, comfortably. Finished first. Dortmund finished in second. Uh, RP Leipzig in third. Uh, Dortmund had a hilarious last game, losing four <laughs> zero at home. It seems like maybe they were already on vacation and they came and showed up drunk to the game. I don't know. <laughs> That sounds right. similar to Liverpool, uh, huh? <laughs> oh yes, yes, we'll get to that a little bit yep. later. But Dor- Dortmund uh, did did go ahead and, and went ahead and uh, signed uh, Gio Reyna for an extended contract. So that's good news for Americans. We, we're excited to see him. I think hopefully next season is going to be more of his breakout year. He started to show glimpses of that this year, so we're excited to see Gio Reyna. Lewandowski is going to finish with the most tallies and goals this season. No surprise there. And, and um, yeah, it's crazy how they turned their season around with, with uh, Kovac being in charge in the beginning and then Hansi Flick coming in and just turning their season around. And then you, you would have thought in the beginning that Dortmund, this was, this was Dortmund's year. It could have been their year, but Bayern turns it around in, in the end. And they're, dude, what are they, are they favorites now in Champions League? Do they, they have all this rest. Well, before With, uh, being a month and a half almost off, what do you think there? Dude, man? so when they had beaten Chelsea at Stanford Bridge um, and Nabri had a couple goals, and I think it was three plus, um, I thought they were the most dominant team I've seen in Europe play this season. So they were one of my favorites to win the Champions League. Uh, without a doubt, I don't, I don't think the break necessarily hurt them, but I, it definitely helped other teams. Um, I think Real Madrid are just they're firing on all cylinders right now, and I think they kind of benefited the break um, because they had a lot of injured players come back through Marcelo, through Asensio, Courtois found form now. So it's given the rest of Europe a chance to catch up, I think. Um, but, man, yeah, I, I, you you got to say they're probably still heavy favorites uh, to lift it this year. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, Joey? Yes, sir? We're going to Disney. <laughs> The Tell MLS us about Disney World. Back, yeah. Joey. Next Wednesday, they start their tournament. It's it's actually happening. U.S. sports is actually happening. It's there. It uh, it people are excited, maybe, but also a little nervous, Joe, because they <laughs> they've recently found out with FC Dallas they've had nine positive tests for for Rona. Right now, we're gonna figure out what's what they're gonna do. What are they gonna quarantine them? Are they gonna you know? delay those games so testing times for mls they're inside the bubble they're in disney uh we both played there in the the, their complex so yeah a little a little up in the air a little bit with uh with next week to see how it's going to turn out the twitter twitter soccer community was going a little crazy a couple days ago (laughs) when i tweeted this i sent the pictures to joe and we're just going to cover it really quickly as just like kind of a spoof but uh Omar Gonzalez, uh, defender for Toronto FC, tweeted out a picture that turns out it was fake. So he tweeted out a picture of the the, the food that they're going to be getting at the Disney complex. 
and it looked like a cafeteria list of food. Like, that's honestly what it reminded me of. It looked like <laughs> a piece of bologna on, like, four-week-old wheat bread. And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the reason it was funny, too, is because MLS has had to make um, a lot of budget cuts uh, without right. um, fans being able to go to the games. Of course, a halt of the MLS, too. So, um, And there was a big negotiation with the players over uh, a reduction in their wages. So somebody made a spoof online. We thought it was originally uh, – it was actual information that was real, but it turns out it wasn't, man. But it was hilarious nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, nonetheless, it was it was pretty funny to laugh about it briefly, but uh, turns out it was fake. What are you doing, Omar? <laughs> Why? Um, but yeah, yeah, they 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 weren't in Disney yet. Uh, the the players don't have to pay for their food. <laughs> that was one of the that was one of the things that they were joking about. But uh, yes, that that is happening next Wednesday, Joe. The MLS tournament is back. So yes, points are tallying up in their season from this Elmas tournament, but yeah, though it's it's coming next week. We'll see what happens. Excellent, excellent. All right, hey, before we sign off, Joey, is there any shout outs that you want to give to any of our supporters, any of uh, your fans? Um, yeah. Any, any any plugs that you want to give? Absolutely. Here? So probably our biggest fan, but I'd have to say is Edric. Uh, he's a yeah. huge, huge Chelsea fan. I know him through work, um, and he's he's got such a personality, and we can't wait to have him on the show. But we just want to personally thank you, Edric, uh, for always listening in, man. And as soon as we dive into Chelsea, uh, we're going to have you on the show as their expert because without a doubt, man, you love that club more than anybody, and we can't wait to have you on the show, man. Hell yeah. And uh, for me, I want to shout out um, uh, Gregory Vanderveel again. Yeah. <laughs> he's been on... He's been hot on our Insta polls. He's just viewing everything and voting. And we're starting to get a little bit more action there. So keep on voting, guys. And if you haven't seen it, uh, we're live on Instagram, polling every day, giving you hot questions. Uh, one hot question I would give right now to, to Joe, putting him on the spot. Oof. Vinicius Jr., Mason Greenwood, who would you think has most potential right now? Definitely uh, Vinicius Jr. And I'm so biased when I say that. But I think... I think yes, you are. I really damn it. <laughs> I'm so biased, but Greenwood, man, his last game for Man United, he looked brilliant. He had a great goal with a few stepovers that he threw in. He actually looked Brazilian when he did it, um, and, and then he had an assist too. But Ben, if you watch Vinicius today, man, um, he had an opportunity to score as well. But he's just lightning fast, and if you get yeah, okay. if you get near Vinicius, dude, he's gone. He's gonna beat you. So I have to say, Vinicius. Of course, I'm biased, but Greenwood, man, he's got a hell of a future. All right, new poll is coming up. You should see a lot of votes coming in with that. Joey. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, and if you want to join us on on Twitter, we're also live there on Facebook. Uh, with the links that we're putting into our bio, we are putting in our, the, the link for the Anchor app, and it shows the, all the different platforms that you can listen on. So you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, honestly, every podcast uh, platform out there, we are on. So thanks again, guys, for listening. Leave a rating, subscribe, and if you enjoyed, uh, leave uh, share with your mates. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Take it. Take it easy, everyone. Bye. Bye.